0: I'm Kyle Square, the eagle of the New England Free Jacks, and you're listening to the Jacks Rangers. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show, presented to you by Storm Along American Hard Cider. What a win for the Free Jacks away once again down there in Atlanta. We are now the Beast of the East. I can confidently say that we might be the best team in the league. What a win! What a team! What an organization! Let's get right into it. Hit that MFN theme music, baby! Woo! Man, that theme music feels so much better after a win, and we've had six of them this year so far. Five wins on the road out of six attempts. I mean, just incredible start for the Free Jacks. I mean, I knew this team was really good in the preseason, but man, and it feels good to be good, right? So wanted to talk about uh, our new sponsor, Storm Along American Hard Cider, comes on as the primary sponsor of the Jacks Rangers show, Storm Along Cider. Real craft cider made in Massachusetts. Respect the apple. Use promo code. T-J-R-S for 10% off of the Stormalong online store for merchandise and also product that will be shipped out to you guys. Check their website stormalong.com and check the locations to find a local store that has Stormalong there. Go check them out. Highly, highly recommend. Obviously, they're a sponsor of the show, but uh, months prior to them joining us, we had some cider of theirs called Mass Appeal. Boy, is it ever a Mass Appeal. It's just delicious cider. The best I've ever had without a doubt. So go get yourself some Storm Alongsider. Listen to the Jax Ranger show with that Storm Alongsider. I couldn't, couldn't recommend a better combination than the Jax Ranger show and Storm Alongsider who is now presenting the show. So happy to have them on board. Alright, uh, let's talk about the lineup today in episode 34 that we're calling Beasts of the East because now that title is moved on to the Free Jacks. We've ripped it away from Rugby ATL. Let's talk about the lineup for today. First and foremost, we have our our buddy from the Rugby Rants, Rob the Hammer, Hammerschmidt, was able to join us from uh, the campus of Lindenwood University, a perennial powerhouse in rugby. His son is uh, a senior there, I believe. Prior to the game today, Rob was able to to join us and, and talk to us about his beloved Nola Gold. Rob is a Chicago guy and also has some roots in St. Louis, but he uh, has chosen the Nola Gold from way back when as his team, and he is a great supporter of them. We had a great conversation, the longest uh, of our super fan conversations that we've ever had but quite possibly the best because Rob really knows his stuff about his team. So that'll be the first up. After that, we will have Bozo6, Rapid Reaction, and Picks, talking about all of the results from round number eight and also picking the round number nine fixtures, including our free jacks against NOLA Gold at home. And then finally, to round it all out, we'll have our Outriders segment, which will include the Outriders preview of NOLA Gold and also, of course, the review of the Atlanta game in convincing fashion with that statement win against rugby atl after that we'll come back and close up shop appreciate you listening to the jacks rangers show let's get right into it with rob the hammer hammer schmidt Woo! huzzah rangers this is phil harris again here at the jacks rangers show i'm joined by a very special guest this time around you know him from the rugby rant it is rob the hammer hammer schmidt rob how the hell are you
1: I'm wonderful. It's a glorious Saturday here in uh, sunny St. Louis. Got the backdrop, Lindenwood University. We should set to kick off this afternoon two great games between two, you know, fierce D1 rivals, uh, mm-hmm. Linenwood versus Life. It'll be the second in the in the series of the uh, Mid-South Clash. So I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of parents in town. So I, I'm really
0: uh, pardon the expression jacked for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, man. Perfect. Yeah. Love that. So yeah, I know that your son plays at Linenwood. We'll get into that momentarily. Let's talk about where you're from originally.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm from all up and down I-55 from, uh, I was to, you know, kind of spend a lot of time Central Illinois, made my way down in high school down here in Kirkwood, Missouri, St. Louis. My mom still lives here, but I made my way back up uh, to the Northern latitudes, met um, my wife in uh, Bloomington at ISU and then uh, Illinois State University. Sorry for those folks in the East coast. And then, um, landed in Chicago as a teacher. So, I've uh, mm-hmm. been in Chicago for about 30 years, uh, since, but I still obviously make my way back down to St. Louis and I still mm-hmm. love, love the Lou as I like to call it. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, with, uh, one of my, one of my two guys down here, um, I get a chance to come down every, every, uh, a couple of times every year and, and spend some time quality time down in st louis
0: that's awesome so i I was not aware about the st louis connections that's very cool uh what is your origin story with rugby
1: well that's an interesting one um as i said i made my way up to chicago got a job um, in the southwest suburbs of chicago and um you know started working i was there a year or two had a student in class Uh, mom came in and talked during parent meetings um this particular mother a shout out to roanne revinson great lady. Uh, but quite frankly, Roe probably would embarrass with her, uh, with her language on, uh, she would embarrass, uh, any, any man on the wharf, uh, with her use of language. So <laughs> I won't get into that one, but, uh, that kind of ties into the story. So we got to talk and she said, Hey, you look pretty athletic. Do you do anything? And I said, well, I played you know flag football and, and she said, oh, you know, that's for, and you finished the statement. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I kind of was taken aback, and she said, you got to try rugby. So she dragged me out. Um, it was in the spring season, dragged me out to the Chicago Blaze rugby uh, fields, which is right there in Lamont. Um, they had a clubhouse, one of the few teams in the United States that had their own clubhouse. They have since mm-hmm. added on uh, two more fields, uh, lights to a second field. They've added on a million-dollar clubhouse, so it's really grown. It's wow. a great place to watch rugby in the Midwest, great place to visit, good bar, locker rooms the whole whole setup is is really slick so um you know it's kind of the heart of of uh you know a heartland of, of chicago rugby if you want to watch mm-hmm. club, club rugby in a quality location
0: that's incredible i love the story uh <laughs> so i mean wow that's so wild um i know that you're um the co-host of the successful show the rugby rant how did yeah. that come about well that's an i'm full of interesting stories here today phil okay. um so
1: we were, I'd been doing some podcasting on my own covering the league in, in 2019, uh, we were starting to get into 2020. Of course, everything shut down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just like everybody else in the world, we really started to, in, in the education world, started to use Google meets and started to meet our classes online because during the pandemic, you weren't allowed to have that, you know, person to person contact. That's so important, you know, in educational settings mm-hmm. and, on the MLR fan zone, because I was plugged into the MLR, Ty Braga, who runs it, he's one of my uh, partners. We were going back and forth, bantering, etc. cetera. And then a thread came through where we were talking about The Beast. We were talking about um, uh, Bastero, We were talking about Ma'anonu. And, you know, the kind of question came up um about these players like uh you know rank them where are they at is bastro overrated and i kind of mm-hmm. said yeah bastro's overrated he didn't show me much he looked unfit um, you know and and i kind of said if i did uh, you know choose between the three i you know i'd, I'd probably go with uh no new ba- uh, then the beast and then bastro and of course uh scott the big guy Ferrara uh <laughs> got us panties in a bunch which he's going right. to do on a few occasions and um you know, he took he. It was it was friendly banter, but he took issue to it. An exception, as you well know, he's he yes. likes that kind of thing. He sure does. And as we're going back and forth, you know, one of us said, "Hey, this would make a great show." I think it was Ty. He said, "This would make a great show," and I said, "Yeah, right. I would." And here we are sitting, you know, uh, in a pandemic, using Zoom, using. Uh, Google meets. And I said, you know, we could do this guys. We could have a great show where it really is about rugby opinion, kind of like some of the ESPN style shows. And it's a nice compliment in my mind to a show like yours, where you focus on the team, you focus on, you know, the players, you cover the games, you cover the score lines. And while we do a bit of that, ours Mm -hmm. is much more about current topics in north american rugby yes and it's more general rugby information and yeah we get into some of the nuts and bolts of some of the teams in the mlr and of course we are and potatoes the mlr but we're really trying to provide um, a a platform for general fans somebody who might be new to rugby can go there and get a lot of information about north american rugby mm-hmm. and it'll be at our it won't be too much above their their level but it'll provide some good information for folks that are well healed like yourself and myself
0: yeah man it's been fantastic to watch you know i've been on the show twice I hope to come on again at some point it Absolutely. is you know you i, I always recommend this to people your show and also the rugby wrap-up is you know for overall rugby uh, mlr content north american rugby I always point people in that direction because you guys do a fantastic job I know that you're wearing the uh, NOLA Gold jersey right there. It's actually a very similar jersey to the Free Jacks. It's so funny that the Free Jacks started out so well with their jerseys and kits and have dominated the league in that level. All of the other teams are desperately wanting to get that type of traditional looking kit. Um, So, how did you become a NOLA Gold fan? Where does that story come about?
1: Well, it kind of comes back to where I'm currently at right now here at LU. Um, My, as, as you said before, my older son plays at Lindenwood. Uh, when he was first uh, being recruited, uh, we came down for a visit. It just so happened. Um, the Rudy Schultz finalist, Nick Feeks, was on the team at the time having, you know, a really good 15 season, starting to head into the seven season. And I think at that time, if I remember correctly, that was um, their first national sevens championship. Okay. So uh, Feeks was up for that award. They had a lot of quality players. Michael Baska had just been there. So a lot of quality players coming out of the uh, coming out of Lindenwood and starting to matriculate into the league. And of course, one of those players was Nick Feeks and he made his way down to NOLA, Mm -hmm. given I'm from Chicago. There's no team in Chicago at that time. And and as of yet, um, I didn't know who to follow. I mean, Toronto is really geographically the closest and that didn't make much sense. I mean, much love to the Canadians to to Karen and to, you know, uh, the jet and to uh, Doug Wilkie and of course, Bill Webb, the owner of the Toronto Arrows, much love to them, run a great thing and they have great fans, but you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't quite my uh, cup of tea. Sure. Uh, but Nick was a phenomenal guy to my son, uh, when he was being recruited, worked with him, just showed a lot of patience, a lot of, uh, uh care, uh, and it's trickled over for Nick, by the way, cause he does a lot of stuff for Louisiana state rugby youth rugby. So, um, that for me uh, made me a Nick Feeks fan. Mm -hmm. And um, when he went down to NOLA uh, it was just natural for me to say, you know what, I support Nick, I'm going to support the team he's on. And um, I've been a NOLA gold fan ever since. And, and really it's been about my relationship with the people, a lot of great people down there that I've tied into Benji Aswell, And of course, Dan and Sheila Falcon and, and the ownership, Tim Falcon and his daughter-in-law and his sister and and his daughter. um, And, you know, uh, the whole lot uh, of course fits. Um, so, just my connection, my relationships grown uh, with the Nola Gold since having been a fan, and and it's it's uh, it's a tough group. To, uh, it's it's a tough group. To quit can't quit them. They're good people. Uh, right. So,
0: all right. I mean, I, I just assumed you know if you look, if you go far south enough from Chicago, you'll eventually hit New Orleans. So I just figured that's how you. Uh, they're technically only like I mean, obviously they're from the, the South, but if you you know it's kind of like the Midwest of the country. So I just figured you picked yeah. them because of that. But that's a well, cool story.
1: Well, and the, the other thing is there is a lot of uh, cultural connection between St. Louis and, and, and um, you know, New Orleans. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, St. That's Louis, and they do a Mardi Gras celebration, of course. You know, right. they have a lot of French flair here in St. Louis because of its origins in the Mississippi River. So right. there are a lot of parallels there. And, and um, I think that for me is another reason why I gravitated towards it. It just felt it felt natural for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's, a, it's another reason.
0: Let's go backwards for a second because I skipped over a question. Uh, your, your son plays for the one of the premier collegiate yeah. rugby programs in the country in Lindenwood. You're there right now. The field is directly behind you. Uh, yeah. What is What was his recruitment life from a parent's perspective, and what has impressed you the most with Lindenwood overall as an institution?
1: Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. There's a lot of uh, branches on that one. I'll start first with the recruitment process. Uh, you know, I think Josh Macy runs a one hell of a program and I think he does a great job at talking with kids and encouraging them and guiding them the right way. I don't think, you know, that when you think about college recruiting, you think about some guys that just want to get as many kids to their program as possible and they don't right. necessarily care about, you know, what that player's growth and development is like. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the opposite of Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh really wants to see his players develop. He wants to see them get better, um, he wants them to be better people for having been a part of the program, and I think for me that spoke a lot to, um, you know, why as a parent I was I, I really liked Preston's uh, move to Linenwood. Um, I also think it came down to comfort on campus. It's uh, about 8,000 students, although it's it's growing quite fast. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're and and all their uh, NCAA sports: football, basketball, etc. They're actually going Division One next year, so okay. they're going to be, go through quite a catharsis, and I think they're going to see a, a growth um, soon as a result of that because of financial components, that because of visibility, uh, potential access to TV for those big sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, a big part of it was, you know, and I and I I think this is something I've repeated on the rugby rant, and I've said to 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 my own students who are looking to go to college and play sports, continue their athletic endeavors. I said this to Preston, you know, he was looking at three different schools and all of them had different rugby resumes from very basic and, and just kind of starting out to, you know, to Lindenwood, which is one of the top programs. And I said to him, I said, look, at all the, you know, all things educationally being equal, um, what do you want your rugby experience to be like? I said, you could go to uh, an Indiana State, great institution, but their rugby program is, is just starting to develop. I said, right. you could probably run the program next year as your sophomore year. You could start right away. Um, you'll, you'll be a stalwart and a standout in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could go to SIU, one of the other schools, Southern Illinois University, looking at that one, I said, it has a deep rugby tradition. It's a great club rugby program, but it is club in the sense that, you know, it is still has a strong social component to it. Or I said, you could go to Lindenwood where quite frankly, um, y- you will fight and battle to get on that first side, right? probably through your senior year. I said, but at the end of the day, you're going to develop and grow so much as a, as a rugby player, Mm -hmm. having been a part of that, that level of program, because it's five days a week, it's four days a week uh, training, you know, in the weight room, they have a strength and conditioning coach. They have, you know, a rugby locker room that sits, you know, kind of behind me in an area just across the street from the big stands that you see. Um, And, and I said, so these are three different experiences. What do you want out of your rugby experience in college? Uh, and I think for him, you know, he wanted that next step. He wanted to grow and develop. And we saw guys like Chance Wangaluski that was in the program, of course, now with Rooney, formerly of ATL. Yep. Um, And, you know, he was a guy that was going to USA camps and developing and doing things. And we know that, you know, the Colson Warners and, you know, the Cale Hodgson's have now come out recently. And, you know, uh, that's one of the things that Macy spoke to is, you know, we find a way to release guys to do these developmental opportunities and grow and develop those players and get different coaching structures and experiences. And so Preston's actually uh, had a couple of those opportunities himself. He's going to be playing with U 23 South Panthers here at the Tampa uh, sorry, at the Tropic sevens mm-hmm. coming up here in April. So, uh, so long as he's not needed as a, uh, you know, to support the, the team's run to the national championship, they're releasing to do that. But that's, that's the kind of guy that Macy is, you know, he's like, right. Hey, uh, yeah, the college Woods first, but um, we want to see you develop and get other opportunities. Um, you know, even things like this summer this past summer, you know, he had been playing with Chicago Blaze, my club, and um, you know, it was time to come to Sevens. And he, his coach, Macy said, "You know, if you want to take that next step, you gotta, you gotta take a step up. We'd like to see you play Sevens with the Lions, um, Chicago Lions." And and yes. he, it was a hand wringing experience for him because he had a lot of loyalty to the Blaze. I mean, the kid was practically born there and grew up there. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, his coach was guiding him to develop more as a player. And I can't say enough about Coach Wags. They had a national championship club sevens um, this past summer, um, you know Wags did a hell of a job, and and Wags has been super supportive of him. And of course, Coach Macy, I don't think without his guidance and and push that that he would have taken that direction. So that that speaks again to the quality of the Linenwood program and where Coach Macy is mm-hmm. at. Absolutely.
0: For sure. You know, when I was first getting aware of collegiate rugby, other than just my playing days, you know, uh, Lindenwood kind of came out of nowhere for me because it's just like, where, who is Lindenwood? Where are they? You know, but it's kind of cool to see these smaller universities that aren't like Penn State, you know, all of these traditional football powerhouses or athletic powerhouses um, embracing rugby. And they're really reaping the rewards of that now because they started several years back and have built this thing up. And now they're the national powerhouses. And places like my university, the University of South Carolina, are just trying to catch up at this point by getting everything together. And I'm sure we'll get there, but it's taking us a while because we're club, but we want to be bigger. And these universities had the vision of doing that, you know, years, years back and have built it up. So it's really impressive to see what's going on. Yeah,
1: and they had to of sorts, right? If they wanted to grow and get interest in their university, they had to offer a lot of these life sport, you know, uh, student life sports to bring students onto their campus. That's right. And so they have shooting clubs here. They have a cycling program, you know, a a, a top-notch cycling program. They have, um, you know, uh, of course, your your typical swimming, diving, lacrosse, et cetera. But they have all these, you know, billiards and all these unique uh, roller hockey, uh, all these unique uh, sports that they've supported and they brought kids on campus and it's allowed the campus to grow. So I think Mm -hmm. in that respect, the Linenwoods, the the Lifes, the St. Mary's, you know, and and some of those schools. Um, there's now one in Northern Indiana, uh, sorry, North of Indianapolis, Marion University, they're kind of going along the same kind of, um, model. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's brought more kids onto campus and it's allowed the school to flourish and grow and brought an international flair to it as well. And
0: I think that's, that's really
1: set it out. It's, it's, you're right. It is visionary.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the potential for expansion in MLR sure. and the two places that we're hearing rumors about you have connections with strong roots and connections with. So we've got Chicago and also St. Louis. Will you renounce your gold's uh, fandom and pledge your loyalty <laughs> to, to Chicago <laughs> or St. Louis uh, when this takes place or if it takes place? Uh it, it's it's
1: actually one that I've I've given a lot of thought to. Yeah. Um, so I I tell you this if if I'll adjust my allegiance if they're signing my checks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah, that's a smart um, way to look at it. Yeah, uh, I I tell you what it's it's it it would be hard for me to change my allegiance unless I was deeply tied uh, to to a pro you know to a, a team that was in chicago uh, i'd probably buy season tickets no matter what be guaranteed to see the no goal at least once a year uh, be able to travel down to if st louis's deed gets a team as well being able to travel down to st louis to see the no goal play so I'd be able to see him play two to three times a season, which would be outstanding for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I you know I support Major League Rugby. I think that we need to grow it as a fan base. And so regardless of whether I'm supporting the goal because that's where my heart and, lo- and loyalties lie or whether I switch my allegiance because I'm getting a paycheck and I'm tied to a Chicago team, um, I think no matter what, uh, I think for our pro sport, our burgeoning pro sport, we all need to support – the shield, the badge, yes, um, for the sure. MLR. And so, yeah, I, I buy merch of all teams and I wear merch of all teams. And so when people ask me, you know, I probably say, Hey, it's a professional rugby team. Mm-hmm. And, um, no matter what, you know, you, you, you let's, let's support professional rugby because without the fans, um, you know, the MLR is going to, is, is going to be in you know, is going to struggle. They need us fans to support it. They need fans to fill the seats. They need fans to buy the merch. They need fans to spread the word. They need fans to bring new fans in. I mean, that's why at the Rugby Rant, our motto is growing fans, sorry, growing rugby one fan at a time. And, Mm -hmm. And we all need to be stewards of that if we really want this league to grow into what we know it can be. And we want the United States, hopefully in 2031,
0: to be at that point where we can be competitive at the international level. Absolutely. Well put. Um, you know, that's I've given you a hard time with that question, but I'm in the same predicament because, you know, based on the accent, I'm not from New England. You know, I moved here 12, <laughs> 12 years ago. Um, yeah. I, I'm a, obviously I'm a huge Free Jacks fan and and I love the other Boston and New England sports teams because I just feel like an adopted son of, of this area. But my heart, you know, is also tied to the Charlotte area. I, I grew up around Charlotte. I'm a Hornets fan. I'm a Hurricanes fan. I'm a, You know, all of those teams i'm a panthers fan too so i have divided loyalties and if charlotte ever has a team i mean obviously i'm still going to represent the free jacks and do this thing with the jacks rangers show but i i can't wait to see you know the charlotte team if it ever comes about i'll definitely you know i want to support them a little bit you know maybe buy some merch and stuff like that maybe hang up a banner beyond this green screen i've got all kind of like uh, boston and charlotte teams that i'm representing here so yeah man it's uh it's 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 great overall to be a free uh, a free jack fan but it's also very cool to see if, if a charlotte team comes about so, so
1: you're not you're not going to struggle as of the taping. That you're not going to struggle with your allegiances uh, when the Free Jacks play ATL,
0: right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: like I, I've been asked this, like why aren't you an Atlanta fan? Because Charlotte and Atlanta hate each other. Other than the Braves, because we don't have another MLB team in the Charlotte area, although they need one. Um, everybody's a Braves fan, but other than that, we hate the Atlanta Falcons. We hate the Hawks. I mean, you you name it. We're, we don't like each other. We're kind of like in the shadow of, um, Atlanta, sh- the Charlotte area is yeah. kind of like Boston is with New York. So, um, yeah, that's, so, that's...
1: so we share at least a common theme there. Uh, NOLA stands for nobody likes it. No one likes Atlanta. So I guess we're, <laughs> yeah. we're in the same boat there.
0: I agree. I, I can't stand the, uh, the ATL thing either. Like I hate the name, like they should just embrace just Atlanta Rattlers. Can we just do with, I mean, can we just be done with that? Like, yeah, I, yeah it just, it bothers me, but they're not, nobody's asking my opinion on that. So let's move on. <laughs> uh, what is the identity of the NOLA gold this year? Who is the team?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, th- I think, for the last couple of seasons, uh, the NOLA Gold have always been about uh, a nice set of, of solid driving forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a forward oriented team. Last year, I think they really struggled in the back line in n- no small part due to the, the loss of several key players. Um, you saw JP Eloff, who had absolutely been uh, a standout in 2019 as well as Nick Feeks also had a very good season in 2019, went down in uh, knee injuries when they played in the Bermuda 10s. And then, of course, Robbie Coleman, I think, in week four, uh, their pivot man at number 10, went down also with a season-ending knee injury. So they lost some three key backline members there, and they had to – Ryan Fitz really had to do – he did an uh, absolutely admirable job bringing in guys like Lockie Kratz and bringing in um, you know some other, other guys to fill that void – um, but you know, I th- I think it they've really struggled um, since 2019. You know, Tristan Blewett was an absolute absolute lightning rod for their attack, um, and we we've missed them since. Uh, that being said, I, I still think this year their backline is finding their way. Um, they we've got a new backline coach in Carlos Spencer, of course, the King. People know him from New Zealand, the legendary All Black, mm-hmm. uh, and I still think they're they're trying to find um, ways to put you know, his stamp on the back line attack. Um, But I I think overall, one of the things that I love about NOLA, uh, you know, aside from what I've mentioned is the fact that they've really embraced and really tried to develop American players. I mean, look at their forward pack. You have Mm -hmm. Matt Harmon on one side, by the way, uh, uh, has Chicago roots. Um, don't know whether everybody knows that he does have Chicago roots. Uh, it's a great story about him playing up there for Lake Forest. Um, you have a a, a a guy like Brian Nolt who's coming into his own this season, uh, getting a, a, quite a bit of time on the other side, uh, on the on the tight head side. Uh, of course, you have Moni Tungawea. You have some great depth at the at the you know second row and at the you know at the back of the scrum with guys like of course you know Captain Cam uh, Dolan, you have, uh, my guy, the skunk, Devin short, love Devin short. Um, you know, Andrew Guerra, who's obviously he's out this season, having been injured in the all blacks match, but you know, he's a Chicago guy, Malcolm May is getting a lot of time in the second row this season and the, and a little bit of time in the back row. And he is also a Chicago guy. So, and perhaps that's a, another reason why it'd be hard, hard pressed to switch my allegiances. They have, Four or five guys with Chicago ties mm-hmm. uh that are just they're just great dudes. They're um you know, again Americans, uh, and that's what Ryan's trying to do, and then NOLA's trying to do is develop uh you know American-based players. And and thankfully, we've seen, you know, Moni, we've seen um Matt Harmon, we've seen uh Guerra all get their opportunities with the USA. I'd love to see Devin Short get his opportunity um, you know, moving forward. Of course, you know, Cam is. Camus cam he's right. 58 you know cap you no know, i mean he is a legend in as far as usa goes i yep. mean you know he and todd are right to, right up there uh at the
0: tops for sure yeah I, I couldn't
1: oh and you can't forget about uh one other prop um uh we've got uh, uh and this is what happens when you're 51, Phil. You, you start to forget <laughs> stuff. But, um, you know, we've, we've, we've got uh, we've got some other guys that, that have been in the mix for the USA.
0: See, I love the guys that you know, come Dino on Waldron. Dino oh, Waldron. Dino Waldron. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Nailed it. I, I love the guys that come on that are super fans of a specific team because you guys list the whole damn team, you know, as you're talking about them, talking them up. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Um, what does NOLA do well? You kind of talked about that a moment ago. And what do they yeah. need to improve to actually beat the Free Jacks?
1: Well, I, I, their set piece is solid, right? They, they scrummage. Well, uh, their lineouts, uh, are, are solid. Um, I think they had the best line out in the league last year, somewhere around 91% their scrummages were amongst the top three in the, in the league last year. And they've carried that forward to this year. Um, and they can use that as a nice attacking platform. One of the things that they, you know, that perhaps, and dare I say this between you and I, but one of the things that New York has really done well is they don't just have a quality lineup, They've also capitalized with the, with the rolling ball. They know if right. they go to the corner, they can drive that ball in. Um, NOLA, while they can win that ball in the air and bring it down, they haven't always been able to convert that into points. And so sometimes uh, knowing that they've had a settle uh, and they have an excellent kicker and Carl Meyer. Uh, who can strike from just about anywhere because he's got not only long range, but the accuracy. Um, but sometimes they have to settle knowing that they can't always convert those kicks to the corner into points. So it's one thing I'd like to see them improve upon. The other thing is I'd like to see their backline develop a bit more. Um, again, I think they're they're struggling because Robbie Coleman was out there, pivot man. And of course, uh, J.P. Eloff still coming back and we see Feeksy on the end. Uh, but, you know, they've moved Carl Meyer from the centers to the, to the fullbacks. We've seen, you know, against New York, We've seen a guy like Juan Capiello come, you know, into the center from the wing. We've seen uh, them put JP Duplessis out on the wing to combat the heavier wings in New York. So Mm -hmm. part of it is they've, they've moved those guys around. I think this year is a big step up from last year. They were moving a lot of pieces in and out in the back line and a little bit of an inconsistent lineup there this year. It's been more consistent in terms of personnel, but they've moved them around. I'd like to see them do a little bit more with Damian Stevens uh, at the nine, um, he he's got great footwork. He's got a great pass. He's got good timing. And I like to see him do um, around and for the loop, and then uh, you know sends it out to create some odd man breaks. Um, so I, I'd like to see that. I, one of the things I will say is I I think we we miss uh, Julian Julian Dominguez. Yep for sure this year yeah. um you know uh, i think he's had some injuries and he had some injuries with us so you know uh, but we miss we miss having that strong uh, physical winger um you know mm-hmm. at times so hopefully Carlson will be able to put their stamp on uh, his stamp on the team as we progress moving forward
0: yeah um so we're getting a little bit of an internet uh, stability issue so we'll try to move on a little bit quicker here um let's talk about the free jacks here for a moment uh what concerns you about the free jacks on the pitch Oh
1: well, I think their defense has gotten a lot better from last year. It's probably one of the reasons why they are uh, have only one loss. I think what are they five and one going into yeah. this week? Week uh, week what eight? Eight. Yep. Um, and so their their defense has gotten solid. I think they've got great line speeds. So they come up hard. They force the backs to make decisions. Um and, and and that creates opportunities for turnovers, mm-hmm. especially if the back line doesn't have support. Um, I think they can go in and poach balls and create turnovers. Right. Um, and I tell you what, Josh Larson uh is doing a great job at the captaincy. I mean, he epitomizes uh, what you're looking for in a, yeah. in a, in a captain and yeah. a quality forward. Right. I mean, he likes oh, yeah. to do the dirty work. He gets his nose dirty. He enjoys and relishes that opportunity. And he also is a calming influence when he speaks to the ref. That's one of the yeah. um, it's one of the things I like about him in that role. Um, I'm going to throw a shout out real quick to Spencer Kruger, mm-hmm. another Chicago guy uh, who was an Arlington stallion and um, you know, played with the lions uh, this last fall and he's still, he's with the free Jacks. So th- shout out to him. Uh, Congrats, my man. Um, LaRue Mallon. I mean, there's a guy that really this year, what a find he is. 22 years old, right? Um, And really hasn't, he runs great lines. Uh, He's got, I mean, he's fast, he's explosive. Um, You know, he showed how dangerous he he was against one of the top defenses last, as of the taping of this last weekend against Mm -hmm. AGs, you know, 550 meters for carries this season, which is awesome. Uh, 14 defenders beaten in six matches. I mean, that's, that's something to be commended. What a tremendous young talent that they can have and continue to develop. And of course, don't forget Bowden Walker, right? Who can forget (laughs) him? He's a pivot man. You know, he's what, 66 points. Uh, right now uh, and, and leads the league uh great boot you can always count on him uh, not only to make a, a fantastic break uh, either from the 10 or 15 spot depending where depending on where they want to play him but also uh, you know to make those kicks when they need uh, those points in a pinch so you know there's there's the free jacks have our markedly improved team this year and and i tell you what they're they're nipping at the heels of the the atl and and um you know, Rooney, they're at the top of the table. I think they're going to be a a team to beat moving into the second half of the season for sure.
0: Yeah, it feels good to be good, Rob. I mean, we've been saying that on this show for a while now. Even in the preseason, we knew this this team would be good. We didn't know, you know, exactly where they would end up. But we assumed that it would be a playoff position, and they're right there uh, at the moment to where they need to be to get into the playoffs at the end of the year. I mean, still have only halfway through the season, but we're really encouraged what, what we've seen with the Free Jacks this yeah. year. You know, a lot better away form this year than last year. And, that you know, um and obviously last year we were so good at home and we're also doing that right now yeah. uh when we where we beat uh, toronto as well
1: and i have to apologize to a guy john Pollan, mm. right i mean he if okay so waka is the engine yep. that makes everything go he's the spark one right For i sure. mean w- without without him um you know, you, 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 everything else goes, I mean, lightning quick ball out of the rock is, is ball speed is great. I mean, I watched the AGs match last weekend. I mean, pinpoint accuracy from left and right out of his hand. I mean, that ball is right where it needs to be. There is no uh, need to go up high or low or fumble with the ball for the, for the first receiver. Yep. He gets it where it needs to go. So he's, he's one hell of a player. And of course you got a, a pretty darn good backup. Uh, and my guy Holden Younger that you guys picked up from <laughs> yes. from uh, from Arnola yeah. Gold
0: a nice little sneaky transaction there um, yeah. bo- moves up to Boston um, you know and, and calls the team and says hey I'm up here now so uh, yeah you guys yeah. want to do something so yeah that that's yeah, a great worked. pickup
1: yeah mm-hmm. they worked that out is actually I knew about that several months before it happened you know Fitz called me and um, you know kind of gave me a heads up and of course uh, his secrets are always safe with me because uh, he's he. Um, he's a good man and he's a, he's a former Marine. He knows he can, he knows he can trust his mates and I'm one of them. So uh, I knew about it before this happened. I was sad to see it, but, um, you know, of course, uh, the, the, the fact that Fitz facilitated that process, mm-hmm. um, because he knew that again, it's what's in the best interest of the man. Um, right. and he knew it would help. Uh, It would help holding out because his lady was going to be going to get a master's uh, degree up there in in New England. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's, again, it speaks to the character of of the folks down at Nolan. Nolan, um, you know, hey, we're going to help facilitate this because it's about the person,
0: uh, not about our needs. Absolutely. And he's been fantastic. You know, if John Poland goes down, heaven forbid, you know, we've got Holden Younger there who's a veteran of this league that can jump in and put put in really good shifts for us. We know that. Um, Let's talk about who is the danger man for Nola? You've named a lot of players. Obviously, Cam Dolan comes to mind for everybody when you think about Nola as their best player, uh, so to speak. But who is their danger man beyond him?
1: Well, you can't – you can't – forget about J.P. Duplessis, Um, but I I think that a lot of teams key on him in the centers. That's why that's been a little bit of a struggle over the past two seasons is figuring out how, you know, who's that other danger man that they can put beside him in the centers that maybe takes some of that pressure off J.P. He's a a great defender, Um, but sometimes he doesn't isn't able always to find that the room in the center is cause they, they chop tackle quite a bit. Okay. Right. Um, so, but, but I, I love uh, JP um, you know, car Meyer from the back is always good for uh, for carrying the load a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go a little different. I, I, I would last weekend um, against Rooney uh, JP Eloff uh, was at the 15 uh, and they did that cause they had to, they wanted to beef up their, their, their defense uh, for the heavier uh Rooney backline. And I thought he had some tremendous runs this week as of the taping here on Saturday, he's going to be coming uh, off the bench, but I really want to see more of J.P. Eloff. I think he's electric. Um, The guy that I think this uh, that's come into his own uh, is, is Devin short. Um, You know, uh, he he just goes hard with the ball. And I think the fact that, well, um, I think the Garrett's injury has allowed him an opportunity to play a bit more right. And, and get a consistent starting position as I, as a result, I think his level of play has been elevated. Uh, he got a key jackal against Toronto that actually Toronto was knocking on the door. We had, we, we, we had the victory um, two minutes left. And Toronto's marching down the pitch uh, inside the 10 and he gets a key jackal uh, seals a victory for Nola uh, much needed win. Um, sorry. It wasn't against uh, was that Toronto? No. Um, sorry. That was Seattle. It was okay. Seattle. Um And 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 since I I think he's he's had some excellent uh, uh, days out on the pitch over the last couple of weeks. So I think the fact that he's getting more time is allowing him to grow, develop as a player. So I think he's another guy to look out for because they have some much needed jacklers uh, to get to get turnover balls is is, is an important area.
0: Absolutely. Let's uh, change gears here and talk about um, follicles. Uh, Who has the best hair on NOLA? Well, I think
1: there's a contest going on, quite frankly, right now. Um, you know, it's always uh, the skunk. Devin Short has always had his, you know, bleached, uh, bleached kind of mohawk, if you will. So he's always up in the running course. Moni Tungawea's got the, the, the uh, Pacific Dread thing going, which is, is good. It's like this backline group is, is in the contest, right? Uh, of course, you can't forget about the Viking, uh, Matt Harmon. Uh, right. who just shaved the sides recently looks like he could either go to Valhalla screaming or he could <laughs> be a second, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, somebody, an extra on the Vikings uh, program. Yeah. Um, and then we saw Cam Dolan get into the mix. Uh, you know, Terry, his dad uh, contacted me and said, hey, wait till you see, uh, wait till you see Cam's hair this week. And so he got in the mix, had I think Moni's girlfriend do it up for him. So uh, there's some kind of contest going on in the back, in the, in the back row and in, in the forward pack about uh, getting that hair going.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Obviously for us, it's the Eagle, you know, the, yeah. uh, the champion of, of uh, the hair on the New England Free Jackson, maybe the entire MLR. A lot of people believe that. But uh, what's your score prediction for the game and why do you think it will go out that way? Um, you know, I, I – I,
1: my heart says that i'd love to see that nola will win by uh, 2 okay um my head says it's going to be it's going to be uh it's going to be tough um yeah. because the new england's playing it at such a high level right now on both sides of the ball in defense and in attack uh and the way they've been rolling especially past the ags um it's it's going to be it's going to be tough for 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 nola to get a snatch of victory mm-hmm. um You know, and so uh, my heart says NOLA by two. My head says you know it could be something similar to last time. I think they were twelve, if I'm not mistaken, in the first uh, weekend out. And but but, you know, what's interesting is NOLA plays actually better away over the past two two seasons. You know, they they really have been an away team. They haven't gotten a victory this year. At home. And if you remember at the end of last season, they were on the road for the last six matches and they came away five and one. Hmm. I never would have imagined that they would have been five and one on the road, especially going into the Coliseum playing LA who was rolling last year. Right. So, you know, they have the ability on the road to actually hunker down and focus. It's almost like they have a, a new purpose. Uh, when they get on the road, um, they kind of consolidate and say, OK, it's us against the world because we're in hostile territory. Let's get after it. So I'm hoping that they take that edge and attitude and, and it, it leans towards that uh, two points by uh, from NOLA. But, you know, we'll have to see. It's going to be should be an interesting game to watch.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we can never forget as Free Jacks fans uh, what happened last year in our home game against NOLA. They came in there and knocked us off course from the playoff run. And, and that's something that will stick with Free Jacks fans in their memory for a quite a long time. So hopefully it's payback time, uh, <laughs> just like it was the first game of the, uh, the season this year down in NOLA. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens. I feel good about it. But then again, it's always in the back of my mind about what happened last year with NOLA coming to visit us at Fort uh, Union Point there. So we'll get you out of here with one word association so i'm going to say one word or a couple of words the first word that pops in your mind let me know what it is and then we'll get you out all right okay. chicago <laughs> blaze uh, scott the big guy ferrara obnoxious <laughs> i agree uh, new england Oh, uh, free jacks gold diggers that's the, Wood. that's
1: the fan group man uh lindenwood uh national champs they won the sevens (laughs) national championship uh 2021 last year down at the Golden mine by the way there
0: you go and the final one for you here is rugby rant
1: growing fans I agree with two words there.
0: That's all right, <laughs> Rob. This has been fantastic, man. You are the hammer. You nailed it. Like you you're the best super fan that we've had on in terms of analysis of your own team. So I appreciate you coming on here. The, the backdrop is fantastic. I hope Linden win, uh, Lindenwood wins today. And uh, I hope you. your son gets a try as well.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. He's on the wing today. So we'll see what kind of, uh, what kind of role he can get going today. But um, yeah, the boys, it was, just to, sorry to go into a side, we had the ring ceremony last night uh, for the Sevens National Championship, and then they brought alumni in um, to actually do the, the jersey presentations for both the first and the second side. So it, cool. was a, it was a good night for Linwood and I think the boys are taking the right mental attitude to this game. It's a big game
0: for them. Perfect. I uh, hope it goes well, and I'm going to say one word to get out of here, Rob, in three Two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! I
1: hope I nailed it.
0: You nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks ranger show. I'm joined by my brother Chris Lynn, aka Bozo Six. Bozo, how the hell are you? I'm five and zero. Oh, that's how I am. Woo. Let's go. Perfect. Yeah, you are undefeated this week. Uh, we're just finishing up with the results of week number eight. At this point, yes, round eight, right. round just eight, just finished up. So, yeah, you are undefeated this week. Congratulations. What you got to celebrate, my brother? So I am drinking a.
2: Hold on. Accidentally minimize my thing. <laughs> I am drinking a Storm Along Wicked Little Wixen. Ah. This is the ye old barrel aged cider. Nice uh, with Wixen apples. Man, it was aged in natural oak barrels for eight months. Uh, this one's been hanging out in the back of the fridge, not for too long. It's not mm-hmm. super old, but I only grabbed the four pack of these. And so I've been hanging on to it. And that five and zero oh, sounds like a good time to crack it open.
0: Nice. How I've we got doing? the uh, traditional light of the sun here, storm along. So I'm going to crack that bad boy open. This is like the perfect, I, I believe it's like the perfect like spring drink, you know, perfect cider. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Dry hop cider. Is.
2: Yep. Very good. Hey, so yeah, good. Cheers. Yeah. Well enjoy it. Enjoy it. We're winners this week. So not only am I five and oh, yeah, the free Jacks won. So yes, sir. There's not a lot to complain
0: about for me this week. Absolutely. Cheers, my brother. So we will pull up the share my screen. Uh, Let's do it. There we go. All right. So we are looking at the previous rounds fixtures. This is round number eight and Bozo, mm-hmm. I'll let you go ahead. All right. Well, you
2: know what? Let's, let's just work, work backwards from the game that just ended. We had the Toronto arrows. I, sorry. I have to read right to left again because of the way, uh, <laughs> the way it rolls, yep. but Toronto arrows visiting rugby, New Jersey, the semi there in Hoboken, mm-hmm. what a scrappy affair. You know, I was hoping that Toronto would turn this one into a dog fight because, I right. still think that New York is a really good team despite losing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that if they didn't turn this one into a dogfight, that they were going to have some trouble. They made it an absolute slugfest. Uh, it couldn't have been any more of a dogfight, And they run away 14-10 winners, very happy for the Toronto Arrows. They're finally going home to, I think it's York Lions Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right, yep. Yeah, and so they're finally getting their first home match in like a 1,000-something days next week, I believe. <laughs> right. Um Rugby Atlanta is going to see them. So hopefully they can make it two on the bounce up there and take out uh, our rivals, Atlanta. So,
0: yeah. yeah, man. Congratulations to Toronto. They have joined the beating New Jersey in Hoboken club with us. Uh, so hopefully that is something that continues. I would love to see New Jersey fall down a couple pegs or two here in the standings, just to, just to have um, Scott, the big guy for sweating uh, at the end of the season <laughs> here to see if the uh, Hoboken will make the playoffs this year and then tumble out, of course, in the semifinals as we all anticipate that they would, but um, moving right along here, I'll let you take yeah. over.
2: Well, you mean storming right along here.
0: <laughs> ah, storming right along. <laughs> yes, sir. Storming right along. See what I did there? Yeah. Beautiful. Excellent.
2: Yeah, so then um, you know we had the Houston SaberCats. They're playing in Harriman at the Utah Warriors. Um, again, much of like what I went over last week. Utah plays that open flare game. I only could catch the highlights because TRN didn't have the um, the replay on. I wanted to watch the replay today, um, but man, it looks like like the highlights. Utah had a ton of highlights. They had a ton of line breaks, but that open flare style, they could never really consolidate it and convert it into points. Um, you know. 28-12, kind of much like our match, which we'll we'll visit briefly here in a, in a couple. Um, I don't think 28-12 was the tale of the really the match. Um, I think Utah just definitely left points on the board. They got to learn how to consolidate the pressure and convert it. That's what they don't do. And because they don't do that, they get beat, and then they get beat by, by a lot. So, yeah, good on the Houston Sabercats. That West is heating up, man. Like, it's anybody's game out there. It's the wild, wild West at this point.
0: Love that, you know. As a low-key Houston fan, I'm happy for them. You know, this is a club that has been really bad for many, many years. It's nice to see that they're <laughs> they're turning things around. What you got for next? For sure,
2: for sure. And then we have the Los Angeles teenies, the Weenies, visiting the Seattle SeaWolves. Now, listen, off uh, offline in our in our in our Outriders chat, I was talking some smack on this one. <laughs> I, I didn't think that Seattle's quote unquote home field advantage. I don't care how many times that you hear see. Whoa, it doesn't matter, man. The seawall is gone. That's so 2019. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, Los Angeles injury riddled, but watch out for them, man. I think the guillotine I don't think they're just back. I think they're back in a big way to my point. I think that they're going to take complete control of the West. I think they're going to shoot up to that number one ranking in the West very soon. Mm -hmm. And I think that the New England free Jacks will be playing them for the shield.
0: Wow. That's big time prediction. Take. Yeah, it is a hot take. I, you know what? I, I hate to see it because I really wanted LA to be bottom dollars this year after their championship season. I'm really just, you know, I'm sick of the whole thing. Like the name, the personalities, yeah. just the, the message that they put out is so different from the Free Jacks. It just makes me want to throw up. And I'd much rather see Seattle have won this game. But unfortunately, that was not the case. But moving yeah. or excuse me, storming right along. <laughs> that's it
2: <laughs> yeah so hey so nola gold the road warriors they can't win at home but the road seems to be friendly to them but mm. i mean segra field is friendly to all visiting teams and they down the lowly DC, old glory dc but check it out 31 22 this one was close yeah. it was 14 to 12 at halftime right and i thought oh my goodness dc is going to have some life breathed into him um they they might win this match and they just yeah the wheels fell off the the wheels fell off the bus. I mean, obviously, they're just playing out their season at this point. Um, but I'd really like DC to kind of turn it around a little bit, uh, except for when they play us because mm-hmm. at this point, they're just chalking up bonus point wins for people. And it's really throwing around the standings. I
0: agree. Yeah. um, Can't wait for that wooden spool bowl coming up soon against Dallas for Old Glory DC. But at the same time, you know, we're talking about Road Warriors, which is NOLA gold. They haven't won at home, but they're winning all away. That's not good news for the Free Jacks because we play them next at home at Fort Quincy. And oh, by the way, if you recall, NOLA beat us and broke our hearts as the only team to have beaten us at home ever last year. So yes, interesting. And I believe
2: was that not the final game at Fort Union Point as well?
0: I feel like we had a game after that, but I could be wrong. I I mean, did
2: too. Not sure. It, was, it was one of the final games at Union Point. Oh, yes, uh, it
0: was. Yeah, it may have been the final game at Union Point. But then again, right. of course, we played Atlanta. That's what I'm thinking yes. of. Yeah, okay.
2: There might uh, have been one in between there. But either way, it pushed us out of the playoffs. wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, we opened up the season, obviously, at NOLA Gold and beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, very concerning. But don't worry. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yes, sir. And then, then not the final game of the weekend. Obviously, it was yesterday. But our Free Jacks downed. Uh, rugby atl 41 27 um this was a great match um we absorbed all of atlanta's pressure we took it and then we like their wheels fell off i felt like um you know obviously in in later segments the game will be gone over but yeah my my biggest impression from the game was wow the amount of go forward ball that atlanta could could generate made them really dangerous and then they could also switch the way they were playing we got a nice intercept try from our boy mitch wilson who's Mm -hmm. absolutely a man on fire uh, because we were playing at jam defense and we were stepping into their channels they adjusted to that later in the match um great great away win for us uh the boys are playing with, with some passion if if those of you if you haven't yet uh please go scroll down into the free jacks feed and check out the video message from right after the match on the field uh yeah. by captain josh larson uh i won't try to chime in on any of that just go listen to the man what he has to say uh the boys are playing with a little bit of extra oomph this week and it showed yes, and
0: it was awesome I agree, man. It's super exciting. I feel like it's fantasy land right now as a Free Jacks fan. We're really uh, we have to pinch ourselves at some you know at some point because this is just it's fantastic form that our Free Jacks are in, and I'm here for it, man. But storming right along here, let's move over to round number nine. The fixtures coming up hard and fast on April the first, April Fool's Day. What you got here?
2: Yeah. Uh, San Diego Legion San Diego, yes. Uh going to Utah to play the Warriors. Ah, man, this one's a tough one to pick because I don't like either team and neither one of them have been playing well as of late. But let's just go with San Diego because, uh, okay. yeah, Utah just hasn't been able to convert any pressure. They just really haven't been able to string, string anything together. So I feel like San Diego gets it done on the road uh, in the next. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, go ahead. I, I was pretty much it. I was going to go into the next game, so.
0: Yeah, just to quickly say, I mean, I kind of feel like meh towards both of those teams, but I will give the favor in terms of favoritism towards San Diego and their excellent fans down there in San Diego with the cohort. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And then finally, the Toronto Arrows are returning home (laughs) to York Lions Stadium. Uh, Is this not also their first ever MLR home match? I believe it is. Not just a return home. I think it's their first one ever officially in the league
0: i don't recall
2: one way or the other yeah don't know but good for them over a thousand days the fire and ice cup they're playing their old hosts rugby atl who hosted them graciously for a season i thought that that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. um cementing a kind of rivalry uh friendly rivalry if you will i know that they had traded some bench players last year um, to help fill out either team's ranks, uh, so this will be a good tilt. Um, Toronto needs to make it scrappy again, but I, I'm taking ATL on the road. I think that they wow. play home spoiler up here. I don't know that Toronto. Um, not from, from what I've seen, Toronto just doesn't have any uh, offensive firepower, and I think Atlanta plays just as good defense as they do. So I don't see the arrows downing ATL. Rugby ATL takes the dub on the road. And hey, then, yeah, yeah, and you know phil i had committed to picking against new jersey the semi i really <laughs> had but i i absolutely cannot do it i Makes cannot sense. do it they're at home again in hoboken over out yeah. there in jersey they're hosting our red white and blue brothers the old glory dc uh this one ain't even close man uh, i think new york's gonna beat the brakes off of them definitely get a uh, bonus point Uh, win the only thing i can hope is that dc scores four tries so they can at least get a point that's really that'd be great um
0: i think that's the first time you've picked new jersey throughout this whole bozo six picks is that right
2: it might be and you know what i mean i just have to i'm obligated to unless i want (laughs) to purposely and hopefully i put my own foot in my mouth on that one it would be i would be very excited to be wrong on that but i don't think i'm going to be
0: yeah, that would be hilarious if uh, Hoboken dropped a game to DC at home. That would be amazing.
2: <laughs> yikes! Big yikes! Yeah. Scott yeah. Ferraro would be losing his mind. I think. No kidding, he tears uh, hair out. Pretty much, and then we got Dallas Jackals to uh, playing the Los Angeles Gilweenies. So this is part. This is what I was talking about. I alluded to it earlier. This is where I think Los Angeles goes into the driver's seat and takes over that number one position. Man. Los Angeles has a three-game homestand, starting with this one. Rounds 9, 10, and 11 are all at the L.A. Coliseum. This one's basically a bye week. They're going to beat the brakes off the Jackals. going to probably run up the score on them at home. Uh, This is where they're going to probably experiment with some different, you know, maybe set-piece moves or or whatever. This one's a practice game. Guiltini's by a million.
0: Love it. Actually, I hate it, but I understand it. I understand the pick.
2: Yeah, I mean, with these two on, these two last two picks, like, I got to, or else I'm definitely going to lose. Right. But, uh, yeah, and then, um, so we're getting the, the Jabronis uh, and the Sabercats. Uh, I think that the Gilgronis finally bounce back. Uh, they're, they're two losses, and they're coming off a bye week. Uh, I think that they'll have circled the wagons. If they want to stay competitive and, and stay in the hunt for that number one position out west, they're going to need to win this game because Los Angeles, their uh, Gilcrest brothers there are surging. Mm-hmm. And to hold them off the and to make it a two-horse race for that number one spot, they're going to need this win. So look for uh, look for the Jabronis to take this one over the SaberCats.
0: And finally, our game:
2: New England Free Jacks, Nola Gold, Veterans mm-hmm. Memorial Stadium, Quincy, Massachusetts. Phil, I will be there. I know that you will be ah, there. Perfect. We will be crushing some storm along. I know that. Oh yeah. I'm looking yeah. to bring some of the storm along homies to the match with me. Nice. Uh, I can't wait for that. Um, I think that this one is tighter than we want it to be, Mm. uh, but ultimately we come away with the dub, um, tighter than we want it to be because normally after emotional wins, especially emotional road wins, there's usually a little bit of a lag and a hangover. I know that our team has a great culture. They have great leadership, great, great captains, coaching staff, the whole nine yards. Uh, so we just got to avoid the hangover, play our game and, and replicate essentially what we did. We just need to make the minor improvements and adjustments from how we beat them down at the gold line, and I Mm -hmm. think we'll be okay. We just got to avoid that letdown, and I think we got to come out of the sheds a little bit stronger. We didn't do bad against Atlanta; they were very much a big and physical side, so I thought we did well. But we just need to come out a little bit better against the gold. uh, I'm gonna go three jacks by fourteen. Okay, all right. I like. Yeah, we'll put one in late. Yeah, we'll put one in late, but it'll be closer than that. Just like this last week game, it was a 14 point margin, but. If you watched the whole match, it really was a little. It was a lot closer than fourteen points. So,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, I like that prediction. I'm not going to share mine at this point because that is not the the segment that we do that in for me. But I just wanted to recap once again. So you've got San Diego over Utah, Atlanta over Toronto, yeah. um, New England over NOLA, New Jersey mm-hmm. over DC, LA over Dallas, it and Austin sad. over Houston. <laughs> yeah 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 for the the people that that were watching this are like what the hell is phil doing when he's looking down i'm writing this stuff down because i make the graphics there's no outsourcing here guys on those graphics it's all me so i just write this stuff down so i can get a um, a head start on making the graphics but bozo i appreciate you you know making these picks you know congratulations on being five and oh um was there any musings that you did to come up with these predictions for week number nine
2: so the Ouija board came in and I was nice. just sliding it around. Just that classic Ouija board. I was cracking a storm along, getting going. Perfect. So, yep. Perfect. Did it after it went to the Brazilian steakhouse last night, sat down, ate myself a victory meal, crushed some IPAs, came home, cracked the storm along, went to the Ouija board and got the predictions, did my homework for today's podcast.
0: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you being on here as always. We've got one word to get everybody out of here for this segment in three, two, one, Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah! Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined once again with Bozo. Bozo's here with us. Chris Lind. Unfortunately, Dave is still under the weather. He's been coughing up a storm, so we didn't want to have him on here and and cough your guys' ear off. Chris, how the hell are you?
2: Hey, I'm still uh, five and zero oh from round eight. I'm feeling good, man. Feeling good. Let's go.
0: Heck yeah, so this is the Atlanta review here. Um, so we'll get right into it. Uh, Atlanta twenty-seven, Free Jacks forty-one. Um, it was great to hear friend of the show, Dallin Stanford, on the call for this one. Atlanta struck first with their young winger, Louis Satama, from a lineout that was quick ball. Sees him through. Conversion is good. Atlanta on top, seven to zero. Just five minutes into the game. But the Jacks struck right back in the 14th minute off a of line at Israel as well. LaRue Milan, your boy, ran a great line and made two Atlanta players miss to find the try zone conversion was good at that point at seven to seven. Uh, were you jumping up and down for your boy LaRue at that point, Pozo?
2: Hell yeah, man. I felt like that was um, so 14 minutes, as you said, right? It was yeah. a pretty tough first, you know, almost 15. It was a pretty tough 14 minutes for the boys. Atlanta had a lot they were playing very physical and they had a lot of go forward and what I mean by that is that you know we were kind of dragging in the tackles so they were dragging us forward getting lightning quick ball they were kind of sitting us down on defense and they were kind of having their way manipulating it around which led to that first try um so yeah I was, I was worried but to get the equalizer off that especially from the line out obviously I, I know it was our line out mm-hmm. we had to defend their line out that was one of my keys to the game last week yes but no, it was it was still good to get it right, um, because those are those things where, you know, if you don't get them right and you miss your opportunity, we don't get that try. If we go down fourteen nothing or ten nothing, it changes the dynamic of the mm-hmm. game. To bring the scores level through, you know, fifteen minutes was was key.
0: Absolutely, and on cool. that note, before I get into talking about a guy that went to my rivals' uni- uh, university here, uh, the University of South Carolina. Let's go ahead and crack open our storm along. It's so hard to see this thing, but I've got Happy Holidays here, and I know you yeah, got. I'm gonna well. get better camera
2: quality as well. <laughs> so, so mine, I, I got some uh, bittersweet symphony. This one's actually a gold medal winner. Nice uh, entered out in the Midwest. What was it? The Great Lakes 2021 International Cider and Perry Competition. This one's the gold medal. All Perfect. bittersweet apple juice from Jolly Old England. Perfect. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Okay. So, maybe I got to um,
2: save one of these for the wheelbarrow.
0: There you go. Yeah, he would love that. I'm sure. Um, let's talk about Jason Dam from uh, Clemson Tigers, uh, having come on for an injured back row player, runs a great gain line, busting line that leads to a try time for Atlanta scored by Why. Tokyo, um, the outside center conversion is no good prior to the hydration break I was getting worried Bozo I was it was clear while watching this that Atlanta came to play and their home grounds there they looked like the best side that we'd played all year uh in that first half that is their ball carriers were so physical we knew that it was going to be a slug fest and that's what kind of happened in that first 20 minutes or so uh to the jacks credit they hung around and grinded it out in the first half to make sure that they were close enough uh close in striking distance to atlanta um but i just wanted to continue on here for a moment um Iron Man Mitch Wilson had a well-timed intercept try in his college reunion day guys in Atlanta, having played at Life University Life University right down the road. Prior to the interception, Atlanta was looking very dangerous. But uh, that kind of stomped that attack out by our intercept there. And by God, he can really move. I mean, he's a little guy, but uh, he has absolute wheels. And I don't think we've really seen that from Mitch all season, um, but he can absolutely flat out run. And it was great to see that. Conversion by Waka is good. Jacks take the lead 14 to 12, 32 minutes in. What was your thoughts at that point?
2: My thoughts were he needed every bit of that speed. Uh, Coleman was close to him, uh, impressive yeah. speed from Coleman. I mean, it's not that you can't be fast at 10. You know, there are there are fast tens everywhere. Yeah. but that just su- surprised me. That that speed, uh, I'm not super familiar with Coleman. He almost got him, took hat, you know, he took a great angle. He knew it right away. Yeah. Uh, when the pass left his hands. I think he was him that threw the intercept. Maybe it was the next player, but either way, he knew it was on. Um, yeah, I was happy to be in the lead, but I knew that it was going to be temporary. I knew that Atlanta, yeah. if they had kept playing the way they were playing, like I mentioned before, it wasn't just the dragging. Like they were just controlling everything like they were punching us. And uh, I remember in, in our chat during the game, I kept saying, I think I put it in all caps. That's freaking <laughs> out. And I was like, they're just getting too much go forward. Um, yes. And rugby fans, obviously, you know what I'm talking about. They're on the front foot. They're in mm-hmm. control. Yep. It was too much go forward. We couldn't slow them down enough. You know to get set. Uh, when we did slow them down enough, that's when we were able to jam their channels. Uh, that's why I love having Dallin on the call, man. He's yeah. such, not only is he just a brilliant commentator, but he he knows the game. I forget who his, his uh, commentating partner was that one, but but they were excellent as opposed to quick side note, Toronto versus New York. Horrible <laughs> commentating. Get those guys out of there. Uh, <laughs> replace them with Dallin. Hard to beat Mr. Dallin Stanford, but yeah. anyway, they picked up on, on our defensive kind of game plan mm-hmm. um i mean i was feeling okay it was right where we wanted to be i, I, I wasn't i wasn't complaining I, I was just happy to be in the match at that point because this one i felt worried because during the first half i guess my general feeling was at any point this one could have got away from us right um atlanta's a dangerous team uh you had mentioned earlier that they were the best i still think they are the best team that we played all season mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think we have them two more times in the regular season. So we could potentially see this team three more times.
0: Incredible. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it did feel like they were in control um, in the beginning of that game. And it made me worried. I'm going to be honest with you. I felt like I had this like pit in my stomach, like, oh, boy, this is not going to go well. But um, I will say that former New Jersey man Will Leonard rumbled over for a very late Atlanta um try after the 40th minute mark that felt very deflating and all of a sudden the rattlers take the lead into halftime with a score 19 to 14 due to a successful conversion snakes on top what were your overall i know that we kind of just covered that but what were your overall thoughts in the first half bozo
2: yeah so again you know i won't beat a dead horse i was just happy to be so running him so close i was extremely disappointed in that final try that we let through uh, to kind of go into halftime, uh, unfortunately, you know, if I had this, you know, I've made this criticism of the of the team before, and I'm sure that they are very well aware of it. It's definitely on their radar, right? I said, be ruthless. You got to finish, yes. yeah. and that's just not the games, man. That's the half. Anytime you're going into the break, you just can't have those right. those letdowns right before the sheds. Yeah. But luckily, we weren't talking about a situation where we only had, you know, Milan's try, and it was now 19-7. Yeah, you know, at 19-14 that's not a bad place to be. So
0: that's true. I mean, I we wasn't bummed. right there in it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we were right there in it. So I was still feeling uh, confident, but I was just, my, my biggest thing too going into the second half was we'd absorbed a lot of their pressure
0: mm-hmm.
2: and a lot of that go forward. Yep. And I was just like, man, how much longer can we do this? You know, it's like a staring contest mm-hmm. or, you know, or like two arm wrestles, like in the middle, And they kind of just bent us a little bit and I'm like, Oh no, are we, are they going over the top? Are we getting dragged to the pad? Or are (laughs) we just going to still that and have the lift go all the way to the shoulder and just take it? Yeah. I don't know. And so we know what happened, but yeah, Yeah. I was slightly, I was, I was slightly optimistic.
0: Okay. That's good. That's good. um, Atlanta pulled a Patriots move by scoring right before the half. And then right after the half with dreadlocked, connor cook dotting down a try at this point i'm thinking maybe this is this isn't our day the jacks have played five away games at this point it would be perfectly understandable for them to drop that game to a very good opponent away from home um you know if you come out of this away stretch here and you've lost two games not terrible um at all so that was kind of my thought process I, i was watching the game and i was kind of quiet and my girlfriend was like, wanted me to vocalize what was going on. I was just explaining, like, it's good that we're kind of holding this thing close because this is a very, very good opponent that we're playing away from home. So, yeah, I was just getting a little worried, but something happened in the match that uh, kind of changed things for us after that. Uh, Louis Satama. Uh, landed on the ref's naughty list by trying to charge Waka like a stolen credit card, Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> that put Louie in the sin bin for 10 minutes and Waka was forced to be subbed out of the game. so we're hoping for the best on that front. I mean our best player, the league's best player, you know goes off of the game out of the game's uh, injured. Hopefully, nothing too serious. But after that, try 100 for the Free Jacks overall in franchise history came soon after with a line out to mall that Harry Barlow bound into, which was hilarious. The breakaway from the mall allowed Slade to offload to Harry, who, who was off to the races and into the history books as the 100th try for the Free Jacks was scored. Any guess to who scored the first try uh, for the Jacks, Bozo?
1: Oh
2: um this was in los angeles right at the coliseum no it was in las vegas uh, i was there
0: at the game yeah Yeah. against uh uh, the dirt peckers yeah uh
2: it wasn't kinsuke was it
0: no no it was mitch wilson if i I could be wrong with it but i'm I'm 75 sure that it was mitch wilson i took a lot of Dayquil that day so i mean i i my memory is a little fuzzy on that but uh yeah I'm pretty sure. It was yeah, much. that was an
2: awesome try. Yeah, he he kind of I'm going to give him a little crap bound into the mall. Yeah, he had both shoulders in and his head was up the whole time he was waiting for it. <laughs> uh, I think, you know what, though? Good players have a good Spidey sense, man. And I think he knew yeah. something was on. Yeah. And then he put the he put the. I mean, he was already in the afterburner mode when he got the ball. So, yeah, wonderful try. Good for him. He's in our history books forever. I mean, I don't think we'll ever forget him. He's been a great free Jack so far. And Mm -hmm. it was exciting, happy for him, man. Crossed some whitewashing style.
0: Hell yeah. I mean, super young too. So we, we haven't seen the best of Harry Barlow and I hope he continues to stay with us for as long as possible. Uh, JP's conversion is good. So 21-24, Snakes still in the lead, 51 minutes gone at that point. But it seems like the tide's turning a little bit. Um, now I can't remember exactly when Jesse came on, so I just put it right here. Jesse Peretti makes his long anticipated debut in MLR, but almost immediately sees Yellow for cynical play. Coleman yeah. kicked a successful P. K, which is penalty kick at 54 minutes in to extend the snakes lead to 21 27 hands in the ruck against Atlanta allows Ironman milch wish Mitch Wilson to respond with an iron boot I mean it was quite the kick the distance that is to kick a penalty through the uprights at 65 minutes in to inch closer 24 27 Atlanta still on top and that's why I always say when we're playing these really good teams because we're good, really good, it's, it's a great uh, game for neutrals to watch, because everybody's yeah. on the edge of their seat, I mean, obviously Atlanta fans are watching it with a close intent, and Free Jacks fans are watching it with close intent, but also the neutrals can get into this game as well, because it was so close uh, of a scoreline there, and it just looked like, you know, fun rugby to watch too.
2: That was an excellent match, I mean, I was yelling and screaming, my neighbors were probably about to <laughs> put in a noise complaint, yeah. you know, as you know, rewinding a little bit on, on the cynical uh, catching, you know, the referees, Mike with our captain, Josh, you're an absolute legend. He, hey, yes. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he goes with the ref and like, what are you talking about? They're under pressure, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, like, like <laughs> nothing happened. And the ref is just right. like, hey, he's like, hey, Josh, he slapped it down. It's as cynical as it gets me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, and then he just shrugs and like walks off. Like, hey, that was my my attempt to kind right. of get it back. Yeah. And I just thought I was like, you know, he's always trying to, hey, you know, it's a human game, right? And you yeah. gotta work your angle. You got to shoot your shot. Yeah. And if he only sure. gets one of those all season you know i'll be cheering him on for that one so yeah, it's unfortunate for jesse but you know yeah.
0: it's an important part of leadership in rugby is you know being able to work the ref a little bit you know um yeah. trying to win one over or also kind of just get the feel of the referee and stuff like that it's it's extremely important for the captain to do that sort of stuff um it's all I a just part like of that how he does it and he's
2: not rude yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he's yeah. not rude about it yeah, it's just absolutely. kind of funny I don't know if he's trying to be funny. I don't think he is, but there's right. just a slight air of comedy to it. Like, for sure. like he, for sure. He says it with the straight face too. Like he's super serious. And then when it doesn't go off, he's just, he's like, yeah. Chuckles. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, I tried.
0: <laughs> yeah. Great. So stuff. what happens next could be a defining moment for the entire season. The Rattlers give away a penalty in a kickable area for us with 12 minutes left. Apparently, it was Dougie Fife who uh, suggested that instead of taking the easy three points with the kick, they tap and go and roll the dice, which is Mm. so cool to see. I mean, obviously, in rugby, especially if you're watching an international game, the the analytics come into it and just like, okay, of course, they're going to kick here because just look where they are, the distance, all that sort of stuff. Playing all of that into the uh, into the the, um, the factors there. But in MLR, especially this Free Jacks team, we like to have fun, man. Like, it needs to be appealing. Uh, And this was just one of those things where, listen, you're away from home. You're playing arguably the best team in the East, maybe the best team in the league. Let's just try and go for it, man. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what happened. So Captain Josh Larson, with balls of steel, agreed with Dougie Fife. uh, And it's the moment that changed the game, ultimately in the Free Jacks favor, the New England favor. With only 14 men, and that's something that kind of gets glossed over here, is that we were yeah. not full strength at this point. Jesse Preddy's nope. still sitting down um, and you know contemplating the bad things that he's done. Um, with only 14 men, due to Jesse's yellow card, Wayne Vanderbank is able to burst through the defensive line of the Rattlers to score a try at 70 minutes in. I literally leapt to my feet and did one of these numbers right here and just yelled at the top of my lungs. Um, it was a I great think I actually moment.
2: heard you all the way up the hill here.
0: Yeah, exactly. We don't live too far away. So that, that was me uh, screaming my head yeah. off. Um, so, I mean, just, you know, one of those things that just makes you proud to be a Free Jacks fan, for them to to, to risk doing that and, and coming away with a possible win in, in that type of situation instead of taking the easy three points and not, not necessarily saying that they were playing for a draw at that moment. They just wanted to tie the game. But, man, mm. it feels good to be a Free Jacks fan and, and see the team do that type of thing. It Was all comes together.
2: that bonus point? I was well
0: yeah I believe that was
2: a bonus point try yes. not exactly sure but either okay. way um yeah moments like that i mean if we had lost the game we'd be reviewing this moment and we'd be like ah oh, maybe it would have been better to keep the scoreboard ticking over but mm-hmm. you know ultimately like we I don't know about you, but for myself and maybe the listeners, I don't know. I watch rugby to be entertained. I'm right. back in the free Jacks no matter what. Yep. And I really like the live by the sword, die by the sword mentality. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we're not going to go down, like, you know, with our tail between our legs. And oh, well, we, we didn't kick enough penalties, boys. Ah, oh, shucks. Like, right. no, nope. we went, you know, they went for the throat. And yeah, that was a big moment. And that kind of takes the wind out of your sails a little bit more, you know, a converted try as opposed to three, sure. you know, you know, three little points. So yeah, it was a huge moment. Awesome. Um, and that just speaks again, you know, there's so many things we can we can rant on this forever, but it speaks to the culture that Scott Matthew has built. Yes. Um, and the buy-in from the team, the belief yes. and the trust in each other to go for moments like that. Um, if you're if you're fractured at all, if there's no belief even a couple of players are, you know, are questioning it and you're mm-hmm. fractured. And then that, that's this, that's just something, if you've played sports long enough, you know, it's just not going to come off and then there's bickering and then that furthers right. the division and the fracture, but instead this one, you know, the hottest fires forge the hardest steel, man. And we're, mm-hmm. we're getting pretty hard. So it's pretty <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, I could go on about this moment forever because it's just, it it's just, really what a free jack is all about but i'll spare the listeners my tirade <laughs> about that uh, let's get back to the uh the the last part of the game here the ref oddly said it wasn't an automatic seven it clearly was but jp kicked the successful conversion regardless um, yep. but the jacks were not done yet folks i mean this is really what nails uh, you know put the um the actual stake into the heart of the the snake and just jammed it through um not only did we get that situation where we pretty much won the game we also said, you know what, by the way, we're going to actually score again on you guys um, because we're just so much better. Um, so what happened was, is the Jacks were not done yet. Looking to get uh, the monkey off their back. That is the failed line out to Maul to try scenario there. The Jacks recruited Larue Malad and a few of his merry backs to rumble a mall over the, the line, cutting off the head of the giant snake 74 minutes in and in doing so transferring the title of beast of the East to the best, Best team in the league the final play of the game was also another um you know nice little slight here mitch wilson in his college reunion game stabbing the snake once again for a final successful kick through the uprights 41 to 27 a statement win for the entire league they're all the entire league's on notice now um what were your overall thoughts on the entire game bozo
2: yeah just super impressive win um the team obviously Again if anybody's been closely following the Free Jacks which I think most of the listeners on the show have they understand what's gone on in the team in the last week I won't right. they they've talked about it and they they've had good pieces to say but the team played with a lot of passion and they mm-hmm. played with a lot of grit and you know dare I say that's the mark of the great team Right. You know, we're only halfway through the season. There's a lot of rugby left to be played. Sure. But this this team has all the marks of a great team. Road warriors, yep. gritty, gritty wins. You know, the team suffers a tragedy from one of their own.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the boys rally and go out there on the sure. road, play with passion, you know, play with fervor. They get punched early. You know, it's almost like uh, in a boxing match, man, you take it, you see a guy take a hard rip to the body mm-hmm. and he goes down and he's wincing in pain and he knows he's going to have to keep getting t- taking shots there, but he keeps fighting yeah. and then just knocks the other guy out in round 10, 10 or 12 right. or something. I felt like that's, this was that kind of heavyweight clash where we yeah. took a couple knockdowns early, maybe behind on the scorecards, but then late, you know, showed our class and showed our grit and got through. So that, yeah, just a really great win. Feel great about it, man.
0: There was a lot of observations on the Internet, people talking about how tired uh, Atlanta looked with 10 minutes left. So this is what kind of intrigues me here is, you know, Atlanta likes to play this slugfest type of physical game. That's what they're Mm. known for. They've been that way pretty much the entire time that they've been in the league. But yet the Free Jacks outlasted them at their own style of game, which is extremely encouraging to think about. Um, you know, this this team, obviously there's a lot of rugby left as you're saying, but I'm just getting super hyped up, man. Like I'm just like this team, by the way, this team has not yet played its best rugby. I truly believe that. So, mm. you know, to beat arguably one of the best teams in the league two weeks in a row now uh with Austin and Atlanta and doing it on the road as well, you know, the sky is the limit for this team and it really is as long as they stay consistent. Uh we've got a lot of home games left, so man mm-hmm. it, it's exciting times to be a free jack fan Winning is fun that is what it, this whole thing is about you know we as hardcore fans the people that follow the team religiously we're living vicariously through them to a certain extent and man it feels good to win it's sure it certainly does you know well I, I have a question for it. you Phil
2: mm-hmm. I have a question for you okay do you do you feel like this team has has put in a, a comprehensive complete performance yet? no
0: i don't think so See, that's
2: what's that's the scary part and neither do i like we've had some and the team's well aware of it we're not here to to sandbag it's professional sports the other Mm -hmm. teams are good you know the other teams are going to have their moments but i think that the coaching staff has also recognized that and i think that that's that but that's something to be optimistic to because again you know i had alluded i had talked about this earlier great teams right well, right. Great teams, what was your key to the game? Uh, remind me, uh, just uh, win anyway. So
0: it was grind it out and win anyway, Yes, sir.
2: that's right. And that's what they've been doing, and we've been yet to have that kind of complete comprehensive uh well, maybe that's why we weren't being called dominant. I don't know. no but my uh, gosh, yeah. yeah, don't get me started right. but I mean either either way, my point is is that's what has me super optimistic is like there's a lot of what we've seen that can go a lot better mm-hmm.
0: so yeah for sure. Super encouraging yeah, stuff, excited. man. Um, hopefully Waka's okay. I mean, obviously that is a, a a large part of our success is his individual brilliance. Um, not the entire thing, but definitely a part of it. So let's talk yeah. about Ranger John's observations. He's been sending over these emails each week. We appreciate it, John. Thank you very oh, much. My guy. Yeah, yeah, our guy, for sure. Um, great weekend. <laughs> Loved riding the high of Saturday's huge victory into the Arrow's stunning upset of Hoboken at the death. Probably said a lot of this between Reddit and two different Facebook threads, but we are hot. Uh, I think we showed the embarrassment of riches we have as a club. That's a very good point. Five distinct individuals scoring a try and three different guys going for five and five in kicks. My moment of the match was getting the tap kick on the penalty. I was at wing wing it's in Hampton arguing with Chris Cotter about whether or not we should kick for the points or touch uh, and away we went. Um, Another thought I've been having and hope it wouldn't make us, come come across as too cocky but i'd like to start some kind some type of slogan like remember february the 6th where the actual date we use is the date whoever published their predictions for the 2020 season and had us ranked eighth for the uh, for the life of me i can't uh find that damn article i believe he's referring to rugby morning uh can't remember if it was <laughs> on the rugby network or america's rugby news or wherever so just to be just to be clear um john That was not an overall season rankings. It was just happened to be the first rankings prior to the start of the season so you know in uh, Rugby Morning's defense he's, he's had he's updated them every single week these power rankings but I will say this there's no doubt in my mind that he had us way too low at the beginning of the season um, and everybody did the experts out there not us not the people that are listening to this show because we knew better we knew that this team was very very good um, so yeah I, I'll, I'll uh, take some heat off of Rugby Morning here a little bit uh, <laughs> and plus he's a long-suffering DC fan guys so let's not not be too hard on him but yeah i understand the sentiment for sure what's your thoughts hey, they about got him? a
2: point on the table now congratulations yeah. there you go they have one your, single point
0: <laughs> what's your thoughts about ranger john his uh thoughts hey there? man i've known john for a long time
2: uh coached his son in youth rugby uh yeah no he's a good hey wise words john i, I love it um i'm glad that you are also questioning whether they should have gone the tap <laughs> yeah. and go right. or They're gone for the points because i think you know, any smart rugby fan was like, Oh man. Uh, right. but like I said, it was just exciting stuff. And you know, I would have been sad if it went the other way, but yeah, of course, it wasn't to be and happiness reigns. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Keep, keep sending the good thoughts uh, for the show. I love it.
0: Yeah. We appreciate that very much. Um, guys, if you want to interact with us on the show, I mean, you, you could probably get your, uh, your name out there by, uh, us reading what's going on. Just uh, FYI. We're not closed off to that sort of thing. So yeah. Send over uh, I your got thoughts. My start. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Chris (laughs) Lynn would not be here if he didn't reach out to us for sure. That's right. Um, All right, Bozo. Let's talk about the uh, musket-sized pants tent. So, my musket-sized pants tent this week is Atlanta um, obtained Will Leonard through a trade with Rugby New Jersey uh, for the 2022 Major League Rugby season. He's 26 years old. He's a center, six foot two and 220 pounds, an Irish lad who is one hell of a player. He bagged himself a try before being subbed off. I think he's a really good player again, an Irish guy that would be perfect on the Free Jacks because we have that Irish heritage. There should be more more Irish players on the Free Jacks, and I say that as someone that is from English and Irish descent – or excuse me, English and German descent. I don't know why I said Irish. But, yeah, I mean, I don't have any skin in the game with the Irish. But, I mean, listen, we should have more Irish players on this team. I think that's just kind of a, a, <laughs> a no-nonsense type of thing to say. But, um, anyway, the MVPs – I'll let you go first.
2: Yeah. My, my storm along MVP of the match is my guy, LaRue Milan. Uh, Listen, he's just great in the midfield. He does all a lot of unsung work, but let me tell you rugby games are won and lost in moments and they build momentum. We were getting punched around the park. We were kind of getting beat up. Like I was, Mm -hmm. you know, I I make the, the boxing analogy. We had been knocked down a couple of times and you know when he scored his try I know it was still early in the match right 14th minute I think you said yeah. but that that equalizer was like hey we just took your best shot yeah. and we're still here and we're st- and we can still fire back you know it's almost like we got our own little own flash knockdown of our own and I think that that set the tone let Atlanta know that we weren't going away um, sure. so and just his his he's just been a workhorse man yeah he's Put- been fantastic tackle, putting yeah. the body on the line I think another game 80 minutes um you know yeah. So that's my guy. That's my Storm Along MVP.
0: I knew that you would pick him again. So that's why I went in another direction, just so we didn't have, you know, two, two weeks in a row, LaRue Milan being <laughs> yeah. at the top, uh, getting a little invisible trophy. Uh, the broadcast team picked Slade McDowell as man of the match. I thought it was well deserved, but I'm going to go in a different direction because I knew that Bozo would be picking uh, Slade, or excuse me, um, LaRue. I'm going to give my Storm Along MVP award to a guy that's who got over late to this country due to visa issues but has settled into a starting position beside of larue he bagged himself the crucial try in the game uh, and played very well last week and this week wayne vanderbank is my mvp so wayne you get yourself an invisible trophy and i'm just going to show storm along once again here you are the storm along mvp of the game for me all right um, yeah. So let's, uh, yeah. So overall, you know, fantastic win once again for the Free Jacks. It seems kind of ho-hum at this point because, geez, we're, we're doing so well uh, with our form uh, with the, uh, the Free Jacks. But, uh, yeah, it feels good to be good, guys. Um, so that will conclude the Atlanta review. And we will be back here shortly for the um, NOLA preview. And I've got one word, three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah Rangers this is Phil Harris again here at the Jack's Rangers show I am joined by Bozo Chris Lind once again Dave is out sick again coughing up a storm but we got Bozo here to fill in Bozo how the hell are you
2: I am still five and oh from last week and I'm still doing
0: good yeah I'm just going to
2: keep mentioning that until I'm not anymore (laughs) (laughs) all right probably this week
0: yeah. Shopping. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one heck of a, a run that you're on here. You know, you even got a shout out from rugby morning. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Appreciate it. Let's talk about, I mean, I know that you got a new storm along uh, in this uh, particular segment, I'm still rolling with the happy holidays from storm along. What you got?
2: Oh yeah. This is one of the newer ones from them. We got unfiltered. Ah, uh, yes. It's delicious by the way. I've had that oh, one. Yes. Yep. I'm excited. I'm going to give it, give it a crack ski. There you go. All right, I'm
0: ready to go. Let's get in this uh, NOLA preview. All right, so NOLA, I've referred to NOLA as "fool's gold" in banter tweets this week. I'm not apologizing <laughs> for that. This is a team that has uh, that was two points off the playoff pace last year and fired their head coach weeks before the start of the season. That had they also had key departures, and Kyle Bailey, who is the their captain, has uh, gone on to Toronto, and Holden Youngert, of course, is with our New England Free Jacks. Uh, That all happened in the offseason for them. They currently sit in second in the Eastern Conference from the bottom uh, uh, with 16 (laughs) points. Three wins, four losses, including the first game at the gold mine that they played against our free Jacks, where I think we came away with a 17-point victory, if I recall correctly. Um, Their plus-minus is 12 points in the minus column. That's their point differential. Excuse me, 18 tries for 21 against. Not good. Um, They have not won a single home game all season. All their victories have come on the road, which reminds me of an awful day at Fort Union Point where our Rangers hearts were broken last season. Um, They are true road warriors in the best sense of the word. So it's a little daunting uh, or, or frightening rather that they're coming up to play us. But this is Fort Quincy, not Fort Union Point. So I do have that in the back of my mind as well. This team has a lot of good American young talent. Uh, And, of course, they have Cam Dolan, who's extremely dangerous. He's a force of nature. You have to mark him at all times. The guy is just incredible. Uh, But, okay, it is not enough to stop the best team of the league, the New England Free Jacks.
2: What's your thoughts on NOLA? So – Nola is a scrappy team, man. Mm. Um I feel like they're one of those teams so and I feel the same about Toronto. Obviously yep. we're we're talking about Nola now, but kind of same vein is they're one of those scrappy teams where they they can and will beat you. Uh oh. if you're not careful, if you're not on your A game. This is not um you know, I'm sorry DC, but this is not it's not them. <laughs> it's not Dallas, you know, where we can basically play the b team and probably still win comfortably um they're they're very good like you had mentioned they have good american players uh matt Harmon up front he's a great yes. prop yep. uh, usa eagle um god what's the the other guy um mm. he's one of their wings uh, uh yeah, his name escapes me
0: because i'm not a normal uh, fan oh i know who you're talking about uh, jp duplicy is that du- who you're talking about
2: yep Yep. Yeah, he's good. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, I, I think that they're just a dangerous team. They've been playing well on the road. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're coming to us. So they're on the road mm-hmm. and, you know, they're coming off a bye last week against OGDC. So <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> nice. Kind of kind of stinks, you know, well, we I'll tell you these what, teams off their bye weeks and off playing D.C. What's, what's
0: up with that? John Fitzpatrick is punching the air right now as he's listening to this. Uh, the only D.C. <laughs> fan that we know. Yeah. I'm taking I'm punching down, man. I'm taking that (laughs) jump to
2: the bank. Anytime we play a team that previously played DC, I'm not saying they're coming off a bye.
0: Nice, (laughs) nice. Yeah, man. Um, so In terms of what's going to happen here, I know that you're going to be at the game, which which is going to be your first game of the season. Uh, This is not something that you're able to frequently do. So it's going to be a real special time. I guess we'll definitely have to get you on camera at some point to talk about what's going to happen there, maybe even the afterthoughts of the game. So it's gonna be super cool to have you in in the audience there. Of course, Dave and I will be I'm, I'm assuming Dave will be there. I will definitely be there, of course, and all of the first regiment. So it should be a good time. I'm really super excited about it. Um, And, again, it gives gives us an opportunity as the first regiment and just Free Jacks fans and generals, all the Rangers out there, if you will, to showcase exactly why we're the best fans in the league. You know, we, we are certainly the most engaged and passionate on the Internet, but I think, you know, we have the opportunity here and hopefully it's good weather. I mean, who knows with new England, right? Uh, it's, it's going to be April the 2nd. So, I mean, there could be a foot of snow on the ground, unfortunately, uh, you (laughs) know, that, that is just how new England works in the early spring. But, um, if it's good weather, you know, I expect the, the, the place to be completely full and loud as hell. Uh, that's part of, um, your job as a fan that's listening to this out here is just be as loud as you possibly can, you know, um, uh family friendly of course uh but make sure that you know nola is scared out of their wits and never wants to come back to fort quincy um yeah should be a good time uh and with that i will mention my key to the game my key to the game is very simple because this free jacks team has proven that they can go toe-to-toe with the best teams in the league and come out on top uh except for la you know when we traveled to them to play that uh that game which was a six and a half hour trip um It's play our game. You know, this game is not about NOLA at all. I mean, they're the opponent. They're the ones that have drawn the short straw here, the the, the short stick to come up here and have to play us at Fort Quincy um, when we're riding a high with excellent form. But regardless, they can't throw anything at us that we haven't already seen in other teams and haven't seen already what from them this year. Ultimately, it comes down to us playing our game and executing our game as well as possible because we have better talent than them up and down the roster this, this squad has has proven that throughout the year. So it's, it, it's, very simple play our game.
2: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You, you definitely. And that's, what's awesome about rugby is it's not so much like football where, you know, all this other stuff and you can kind of game plan and, and scheme. And I mean, you can game plan, right? You have your defensive structure, you have your attacking yep. pattern and you adjust those things accordingly, but realistically, in rugby, it just comes down to executing and imposing your will on the other team. We've done it once. I don't see any reason why we mm-hmm. don't do it again. Mm-hmm. But my key to the game is, is pretty simple. we got to win the penalty battle. That's okay. it. I think I think if we stay on the right side of the referee's whistle, uh, you know, NOLA has penalty woes just like we do. Um, we kind ca- they dragged us into that a little bit the last time. I didn't like to see that you know the mm-hmm. free Dougie stuff after that. Uh, oh
0: yes, yep. you know
2: the the Robbie Coleman shoulder charge on Waka that was mm-hmm. the red card that never appeared. You know yep. and all this other stuff. We don't want to get into that chippy uh, game with them. You know to open up the season. You know both teams don't had had not played a game, so we're both O and So You don't know, mm-hmm. right? But now we kind of know who they are this season and they know who we are and we just can't stoop to their level. Um, If we stay out of penalty trouble, I see us pouring and on them. They're obviously uh, I think that their, their strength uh, as as far as set piece is, is in disrupting is line out disruption. I don't really see them being like a power team like New York or um, or Atlanta with the malls. So yeah, just as long as we stay on the right side of that referee whistle, I think we're going to be great. And I think we'll, uh, Runaway comfortably as you were going through your stuff i looked up currently we're still a little ways out but it's looking at 56 and partly cloudy for saturday so that's a perfect rugby weather kid
0: we're <laughs> gonna be getting
2: it on bub
0: yeah I I'd, care, I'd, quincy i gotta tell you i'd much, much rather have that that than last year i feel like it got into like the 90s like mid 90s for a game and that was awful so yeah yeah. it was pretty brutal yeah they can keep that hot weather down south man seriously yeah (laughs) sounds like good rugby weather as you're saying so that's exciting um you know comically last time that we had a home game at fort quincy against toronto dave and i like picked a point differential of like 35 or whatever so i'm not Mm. going that high uh for this game so my prediction is new orleans 21 new england 35 so, you know, relatively close and I don't know how exactly it's going to go down, but I feel like we'll probably keep the lead throughout the entire, we'll gain the lead at the very beginning and keep it throughout the game. And, you know, New Orleans maybe score like maybe a quick one at the end there to make it 21. But, you know, I, I feel like this is going to be a game that we're in control throughout the entire time and um, not too worried about uh, New Orleans ultimately, but so uh, what's, what's your score?
2: You know, uh, I am gonna go. I think we're gonna put up a, a lot more points. Um, you know, obviously we have the addition of Wayne Vanderbank and his combination with Milan has kind of come through that wasn't there the first time. Um we've been just playing outstanding. I think I think we're our strength is our attack. We we play good defense. We 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 play like the bend don't break mm-hmm. style of defense. So that allows other teams to score points. So I'm I'm looking at a 33 17. Okay. I All think, right. I think that, yeah, we'll hold them off from the, from getting any bonus points. They'll knock over a couple of penalties because who am I kidding? Even though I'd love to say we got to win the penalty battle, we are kind of a penalty barn. At yep. least we have been, um, you know, but I don't think it'll be too much trouble. And I also agree with you. I think that some of their points will come in late. So it'll be like 33, 12, you know, 74th minute. Yeah. So, you know, the flick of the wrist, the bounce of the ball. Right. And boom over uh, across the whitewash goes cam dolan and we're sitting here scratching our heads we're like weren't we supposed to mark that guy right we're just yeah be like wtf dude exactly. and they just get one and it makes it 17 so but we'll be like whatever <laughs> I
0: went yeah. the game and <laughs> it's not a bonus won, yeah. point yeah exactly. no bonus
2: points secured so we don't really care uh yeah, yeah. thanks for making 33, the 33
0: 17 yeah oh yeah i love it man um i love your your uh confidence in that i i think i'm just being a little bit more restrained because uh, again you know against uh, new, new um Toronto we we picked uh, astronomical numbers and it just didn't did, didn't help us so I think the weather had a lot to do with that ultimately but I will go slightly conservative here with the twenty one thirty five. um any final thoughts before we jump off of here
2: yeah I would you know I would just want to say at first I was kind of concerned with our rematch with NOLA after they had went up to Seattle and won but we've kind of you know, as the season has revealed itself, we've seen that the West really just isn't that great. Mm -hmm. And that really wasn't as impressive as a win. And they barely scooted away with that. And they're the only team so far this year to uh, allow DC to get any point on the board whatsoever, Mm -hmm. as far as like towards the season tally. So with all that being said, I don't know that they're in, in that great of form, uh, their captain cam Dolan would disagree with me in his post-match interview with DC. He said, they are finally kind of connecting the dots, so to speak. I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see that against a good team. Yeah. Um, right. And then I, my, 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 I guess my true final thought, that was like my penultimate final final thought would be, uh, you know, I just hope that the boys can avoid the hangover, having taken out the best in the West and then the best in the East in successive mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. doing it with their hearts heavy and playing with a lot of passion it just leaves one open to hangover. I hope. I know. I'm so happy, and we're we're so fortunate that Scott Matthew is navigating this ship. He is threading the needle. Yep. He has that has the boys firing. He's created an amazing culture for the team, and th- that's not a lot of credit to him. It's a credit to everybody. The entire coaches have everybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect that, but you know, I think it's just always a lurking thing. And so as long as we can avoid those penalties and keep our foots on the gas. 33 17.
0: Hell yeah. Free Jacks Full, win, baby. Fool's Gold goes down once again to the New England Free Jacks um, this season. So super excited about this one, guys. Hope to see you all there at Fort Quincy. Um, and I've got one word to get us out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Woo! All right, Rangers. Tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Continue to interact with us on social media. Like, share, and and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a five-star review on the platform of your choice that you listen to the podcast on. We would greatly appreciate it. Did want to mention that we are halfway through the season, essentially, for the regular season. And we've got $400 in the GoFundMe for Phil's last ride. The goal is $1,000. So, I'm trying to sweeten the pot here a little bit. Once we reach 500, I'm going to bleach this Carolina Waterfall completely blonde, like uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And if we get to $750, I will then dye it navy blue and red for the Free Jacks colors. Uh, keep in mind that once the season is has ended, uh, wherever that happens to be for the Free Jacks, whether it's uh, in the regular season, seems unlikely, or the playoffs, definitely seems possible, or possibly the championship, uh, maybe fingers crossed. Once the season is over, I will be shaving the entire thing off, and the funds will be transferred over to the Massachusetts Youth Rugby Organization. So such a great cause for Phil's last ride. Just a little bit of fun here that we're having with growing out the Carolina Mullet, and uh, it's all going to charity. If you guys want to donate, check out the links on our social media pages for that. We would greatly appreciate it. Final thing here before we get you out of here, wanted to say thank you to all of the the folks that contributed to the episode. The Hammer, Hammer Schmitz, Rob was fantastic with his analysis of his favorite team, which is Nola Gold, hoping that we beat them once again to make it two in a row here. Now keep in mind the last time that we saw them in New England, they beat us and knocked us off course from a playoff run, so that is definitely in the back of my mind, but uh, this Free Jacks team is, uh, has highly evolved and super good, so we'll, hopefully we'll see a win here at Fort Quincy on the weekend. Make sure that you show up, be loud and proud uh, to cheer on our Free Jacks at Fort Quincy as we always do. Final thing here, Revolutionary War quote of the day, the U.S. Constitution doesn't guarantee happiness, only the pursuit of it. You have to catch up with it yourself. And that was Benjamin Franklin. So with that, I will say saddle up, let's ride, go Free Jacks, beat Nola, huzzah! Woo!